Sometimes a man's darkest hour creeps up on him, unexpectedly like the grease that leaks out of the back of a hot roast beef sandwich and down your wrist when you take your first bite. Huh. I should get a roast beef sandwich later. Other times it just smacks dead into him, like a brick. Wait, no, like a bullet. Like a brick full of bullets. Recently I'd taken a personal vow to only accept normal cases. Murders, kidnappings, thrilling chases through the gruesome and largely invisible underbelly of the city, often resulting in savage beatings about the head and neck. You know, the ho-hum day-to-day stuff of your average private dick. And the day I made that vow, you guessed it. That's when things completely dried up for old Nick Bounty. That's me, if you haven't guessed. It was hot that summer. Hotter than a brick full of bullets wrapped in a roast beef sandwich. <clears throat> ah! Gee, lady, how long have you been standing there? Not long. You look like you were deep in thought. Sorry. You wouldn't have any horseradish on you, would you? Horseradish? Forget it. What can I do for you, Miss... Terry. Oh, it's just terrible. Lizzie's run off and I don't know where else I can turn. Lizzie's your daughter? No. Of course not. You're much too young and attractive to have a daughter. Uh, little sister. Cousin? Lizzie's my... Toy Poodle. I wish people wouldn't refer to them as toys. They're real living dogs, like you or me. I've put up signs. I've gone to the city. Nothing's helped. I really am at my wit's end, Mr. Bounty, and I've heard that you... you could... Maybe you should think about getting a terrier. You know, Terry. Terrier. Please, you have to find her. I heard you rescued a goat from a kitty. And before that, you chased down some bad crabs for a griffin. I think you may need to recheck your facts a little. That's sort of what happened, I guess, but... Listen, I'm really sorry. I hope you find your dog, but I just can't help you. At all. I'm only doing normal cases. <laughs> all right. I'll leave. I'm sorry to have bothered you. Ugh. I hated to turn away a dame like that. No, really, I did. Not just because she had pretty hair and smelled like fresh strawberry jam on buttered toast. But a man has to draw the line somewhere. Now to hell with it. Hey, lady, Terry, when was the last time you saw your dog? Hey, hey, wait up. She had a pretty good head start, but I had a bead on her. I could teach a class in getting beads on people. One of the best bead getters in the biz. I shimmied past some tourists headed down the block. A man does indeed have to draw the line somewhere, but there was also the matter of me having gotten paid, which was a matter that hadn't come up in quite some time. As it happens, Terry led me near a regular haunt of mine, just across the way from my office. A seedy little neighborhood bar, the kind of place that you'd expect to find a legitimate private dick. Last time I checked, it was called Tony's. But every time I go down there, the last guy's name is crossed out and the new guy's name's written above it. They do all this in neon, which looks great if not a bit blinding. So much so that I couldn't be completely sure if she'd headed into the joint or not. I didn't see any sign of her when my retina stopped screaming at me, so I'd assumed I'd lost the trail. Sorry, Poodle. Looks like I lost that bead after all. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Tony's Bar. I did my best to ignore the night's entertainment, some kind of weird hypnotist, as if there were any other type, and sidled up to the bar. I find that sidling is the best way to approach a bar. Tony! It's Chuck. Oh, uh, okay, I guess they haven't changed the sign yet. No, they have. They just made a typo. That's a hell of a typo. Yep. Oddly specific, too. 
Were you going to order something? Well, I was. Do you accept IOUs? Yeah. No. It's happy hour, right? Do you have a bowl of peanuts or something? Yeah, we got these. Is this ribbon candy? Yep. Help yourself. Ah, but it's all stuck together. I couldn't take one giant candy in good conscience, and if I tried to bite off a piece, I'd get the whole thing stuck to my face. Thanks anyway, Tony. It's Chuck. Yeah, sorry. My mouth made a typo. I talked a big talk, but the fact was, I was awfully hungry. I found myself drawn to the tacky mound of candy sagging over the sides of the peanut bowl. It drew in closer. And closer still. But, thankfully, before the sticky, misshapen lump hit my lips, what could have been the one of the biggest mistakes of my life was interrupted by the biggest mistake of my life. It was a mysterious, shadowy figure moving toward the back door. And I darted for it. Can you blame me? It was the sort of mysterious, shadowy figure that detectives live for. The sort that could lead a man to danger, and intrigue, and romance. Or at the very least, away from the candy. I caught a glimpse of the figure entering the alley, but I lost him as he darted behind it. can't look good. My hands are up. I'm no threat. Blood sugar this low, I couldn't run even if I wanted to, which I don't. I hope I made that clear. Ugh. Danger, intrigue, and romance. Well, danger at least. Amazingly, the goon squad that was our local police force didn't kick me around too much on my way downtown. Even more amazingly, my court-appointed defender showed up in even less than an hour. It was almost too bad, because I was just starting to get comfy in that holding cell. This lawyer was pretty good, too. I wonder if I could get the court to appoint me a barber. Every time I find a good barber, he leaves town. You're lucky I got you bail, Mr. Bounty. As it stands, I had to put up your detective firm as collateral. This, I should point out, is a bit above and beyond the usual scope of a public defender. Unless you can clear your name, and fast, the cops will take the business and your license and haul you back to jail on top of that. Yes, my license, which I have. It might actually not be a bad idea for me to just hold on to your license for now. Fine, I'll give you my license if you give me yours. No, that's what I thought. I see. Well, now, the easiest thing in this situation would be an all-out admission of guilt. We might be able to strike up some kind of deal with the court if... Deals are for the guilty, just like guilt is for the dealy. What? I didn't kill anyone. I mean, maybe I did at some point. I don't think I did. I definitely didn't kill that woman, though, probably. Uh, of course you didn't. Fine. Check my pockets. Go on. Go on! I'm not sure I really see the... Uh... Is there a gun in there? Because I'm definitely not happy to see you. Of course there isn't. You just got arrested. Nick, there's no way the judge will acquit you if even I don't believe your story. There is almost no reason to think I killed that woman. Alright, here's what we're gonna do. I have this pocket polygraph that I got from the back of a Wonder Woman comic. Not admissible in court, but helpful for situations like this. Put your finger here. What? You? No. No, not there. Here. 
Oh. Now, breathe easy and tell me, did you kill that woman? No. Huh. You're telling the truth. Phew. It's not me you need to convince, Mr. Bounty. It's the court. And frankly, I don't like your chances. Wait, aren't my chances sort of dependent on your defense? Meh. Meh? Meh? Is our strategy? Listen, little lawyer Danny, if you think I'm just going to sit on my platform waiting for the next train to the chair, you've got another think coming. You better be ready for one more think. And while you're waiting for it, I'll be on the streets detecting like I've never detected. I have to go back to the office. We can talk later if you want. If you think it'll make any difference. This guy was no help at all. It was on me to try clearing my name. Usually when I go looking for clues, there's a promise of a paycheck at the end of it all. <laughs> Alright, that's not true. But still, this was different. Somehow, this time, it was, uh... <clears throat> this time, it was, uh... It related to me. Uh, this time, it was... Uh, I was involved. Uh, this time, it was... Uh, hmm. You know, the only thing I have that even sort of resembles a lead involves that car that was here when I went into the bar. I distinctly heard it take off the sequence of sound effects leading up to Terry's murder. I'd know that sound effect anywhere. It was an original Ford Model R. Shouldn't be too hard to find these days, right? They only made like a hundred of them. They had this incredibly distinct sound when you started the... <gasps> personal! That's what it is. This time, it's personal. I returned, not exactly to the scene of the crime, because that's what you're not supposed to do, so, uh, yeah, I hadn't committed any crime. I was going back to the scene before the crime happened. That... that I didn't commit. Uh, to talk to the bartender, who was, I noted, still Tony. Ah, uh, Chuck, whatever. Hey, do you remember me? I was in here yesterday. I don't remember nothing. Ah, the old double negative. I do have a soft spot for the classics. I was wondering if you remember the crazy expensive discontinued car parked outside yesterday. Don't sound like nothing I ain't seen. What? Listen, I'm being framed for murder. Maybe you could stop rearranging those peanut shells, which of course means you actually did have peanuts, and help me for a minute. I don't remember nothing I ain't seen that ain't not outside this Your bar. Your English teacher must be so proud. All right, I think we're done here. Now, oh God, I was hoping it wouldn't come to this, but I guess I need to talk to that creepy-looking hypnotist who was performing in the bar. I hate these guys so much. Hey, Top Hat, listen. Do you remember me from earlier? Did I make you cluck like a chicken? No. Well then, what do you think? There was a strange car parked outside earlier. I don't suppose you could tell me anything about it. Oh, sorry, no. I am a very focused individual. Uh, and what exactly is it that you're focused on? Making people cluck like chickens. What is the fascination? Bounty! Yeah, that's probably me. Phone call. Don't you mean I don't not unhave a phone? Shut up and talk. Right. Nick Bounty speaking, probably. Finally, a lead! Sort of. There was a mysterious voice on the other end that I couldn't quite identify. It was like my friend Gary the beekeeper was trying to talk to me through some kind of mesh screen with a bunch of loud noise behind him. And he said, Go to the beekeeper's house. Uh, on second thought, it was probably my friend Gary the beekeeper. I hightailed it to Gary's house. I think he was trying to give me some information. Maybe a clue or something? All I got out of the deal was a jar of delicious local honey, which I heard can fend off allergies, so uh, that's good. I... Uh, <clears throat> On my way back to the office, I realized that my hunger was returning. From where? I don't know. Certainly not from lunch. I was so desperate to have something in my stomach, I actually considered the honey that Gary had given me. No tea, no biscuit, just straight honey. That's how hungry I was. 
Then I realized what he was trying to tell me. On the jar was a label, and on the label was a girl. And on the girl was a nose, and lips, and hair, uh, and a neck, also some other features. They were the same features I'd recently seen on Terry, the girl I was supposed to have murdered, except her hair and makeup was different. Also, she had a hat. I don't think Terry had a hat when I saw her. I guess you can take off a hat. Anyway, a few phone calls got me to the modeling agency with a lucrative honey label contract. I think it was the right one, except that they apparently thought Terry's name was Lana. I went to check it out. If nothing else, maybe they had some mints in their lobby. Because I'd really reached that point by now. Honey and mints hungry. May I help? Is that a fish around your neck? It's a fish tie, yes. And you wore that on purpose? What are you talking about? This is the height of fashion. How can you work in a modeling agency and not know that? Sir, our models are more of the torpedo brassiere and garters type. Not a lot of ties, fish or otherwise, behind these doors. Fish nets, maybe. Now, did you want something? I did. I'm starting to forget, though, because I haven't eaten since... Hey, do you have any mints back there? Sir, please. All right, all right. I'm here to see Terry. We don't have nobody named Terry here. Don't have nobody. I know a bartender that would just adore you. Wait a minute. Torpedoes and nets. Is this the Navy? We do discreet boudoir photos, sir. I don't know what that is. Cheesecake. <gasps> yes, please. Not that kind... Are you here for a specific reason, or are you just trying to bother me? Nah, you're just collateral damage. I'm looking for the girl on this jar of honey here. Oh, you want Lana. Listen, lots of men come through here wanting to see the honey girl, but... Lana? Terry? I'm off for the day, please. Oh, hello, sir. Do I know you? Bounty. Nick Bounty. I'm the guy who murdered you. Well, I mean when you were a blonde, wearing glasses dead. But yeah, no, you were the one. Look, if this is some kind of threat... It's no kind of threat. I'm not saying I will kill you. I'm saying, according to the cops, I did kill you yesterday in a back alley. Well, that's clearly nonsense. Yes, clearly. I'm sorry. Mr. Bounty, is it? I've never seen you before in my life, and I certainly wasn't in any back alley yesterday. I was right here, doing my filthy, pornographic job, of which I am rather proud. But... but... Now, if you don't mind, I need to go home now. Just... look, I can tell you're the girl. Stop being crazy a minute and talk to me. It's life or death here. Just, just let me detect for five more minutes. All right. Great. Will you submit to a pocket polygraph? It was invented by William Moulton Marston. Everyone knows who invented the polygraph. Fine, if it'll get you to leave me alone. Probably. Now, did you come to the office of Nick Bounty yesterday? No. Did you visit Chuck's, or possibly Tony's bar, yesterday? No, I most certainly did not. Uh, and were you uh, murdered? Ah, uh, forget it. You're telling the truth. I'm really sorry, lady. I guess I confused you for someone else. So long, Slappy. See ya in a nappy. Liz. Ugh, Bugs Bunny makes those look so easy. It's all right, but if you'll excuse me, I have to wash this makeup off so my family doesn't realize what I get up to here. Wow, finally a break. 
Maybe it was just an allergic reaction. I guess if people can be allergic to chicken, they can turn into chickens as a reaction to... No, that's stupid. This was serious, stupid, serious, and creepy. And when I think creepy, I think. All right, hypnotist, the jig is up. I know you've been at the mind of the girl, and I want to know why. I don't have any idea what you're... Sleep! Sleep? Sorry, I got a full eight hours. In jail. Actually, I'd only been there for about an hour, like I said, but he didn't need to know that. Jail? But, but he told me no one would be hurt. He who? I never got the guy's name. He told me his sister got drunk and did something stupid, so, so I helped her forget. And that didn't strike you as the least bit shady, huh? No. I mean, it was strange that he didn't want her to think she was a chicken. Enough with the chicken business! I, 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 but, but no, I, I mean, it, it was her brother. And he paid me a small fortune. I figured anybody with that much money has to be honest. Right? <sighs> if he paid you a small fortune, why on earth are you still doing this? It's my life's passion. Turning people into chickens. Sure. What's your life's passion? I don't give a damn about life's passion. I'm a detective. Anyway, I put in the usual trigger to undo the hypnosis just in case. Trigger? What trigger? I can't tell you that. Have you no respect for hypnotist-client confidentiality? Look, the cops are already on me like ham stink on an Irish cop. Oh, wait, that was... I'm sorry, that was out of line. Metaphors shouldn't contain their own subject. Well, the point is, if you don't help me, I'm going to jail. And if I'm going to jail for murder anyway, I might as well kill you while I'm at it. All right, all right. The trigger is Baltimore stinks. Do what now? Baltimore stinks. Does it? Are you kidding me? Have you ever been there? The whole city is disgusting. I mean, every city has a, a bad part of town, but Baltimore is the bad part of town. Wow, you have issues. And don't even get me started on their stupid accent. I guess that explains why my Annapolis reference almost did the trick. Oh, I'll just go on down to the water. All right, all right, I'm done with you. Why don't we get a bushle creeds? Enough! Six o'clock. I made another meeting with Danny in hopes that I could convince him that I was making headway in the case. Do you realize how ridiculous this all sounds? I mean, a hypnotist? I admit nobody trusts those guys, but there's no way that it'd stand up in court. Are you listening to me at all? Hmm. Oh, yeah. You, you don't believe me. What else is new? There isn't much time left, Nick. Your arraignment is tomorrow. Is that the one where they cancel out your marriage? Because I don't need one of those. It's where you're officially accused of murder, and we begin the long and tedious process of sending you off to the gas chamber. You know, I might prefer a gas chamber to this office. At least those people know how to decorate. Probably smells better, too. You know, I think you picked the wrong career, Danny. You should have been a lawyer. Um, oh, and, uh, if you're thinking about getting us dinner, there's a place on 5th that makes a great Monte Cristo. Goodbye, Mr. Bounty. That settled it. I was screwed. I really thought I'd made some progress, but apparently... Hang on. I know that sound. It is! It's that Model R! I didn't have much time. I had to hunt this guy down. He was the only real lead I had. Hey, get out of the road! I almost hit you! You there! I'm a private detective! 
I need to commandeer your vehicle, no time to argue. Sure, here's my keys. It's all gassed up. I hope you catch whoever it is you're after. Damn it, I don't have time for this. I need... Oh, thank you. Sure thing. Thanks for helping keep the streets safe. Well, I'm not a cop. I, uh, really I think you're losing your guy. Oh, thank you. Right. I'd done a lot of classic detective stuff in my day. Fought big thugs in back alleys, stole evidence from crime scenes. Did that thing where you scribble on a notepad to see what was written on the torn-off page? I love that thing. But I'd never done a car chase before. This was great. Didn't take long to catch up to him. Fortunately, I hadn't driven since grade school. I'm really more of a public transportation guy. Plus, licenses are such a hassle. Excuse me there. Sorry. On the bright side, he wasn't even trying to escape. Poor dope. He was stopping at stop signs, signaling at every turn, keeping within the speed limit. I had him. So, uh, what was I supposed to do with him exactly? Ramming his car off the road seemed a bit excessive, and besides, there was oncoming traffic in the other lane. I could have rammed his bumper from behind, but then he just sped up. Also, that was a one-of-a-kind car there. None of this was the car's fault. Couldn't even see in the window to get a good look at who he was. You read about car chases in the pulps, but they always end with one guy crashing so the other guy can arrest him. I wasn't really sure what to do if he was driving like a sensible person and not a maniac. Guess I'd just have to follow him. Finally, three hours had passed since the chase had begun, and I was nearing the end of my tether. And everyone knows the end of the tether is where they keep the ball, which you're supposed to punch. This was usually where the chasing stopped and the punching started, and I was ready for it. The Model R turned into the massive driveway of a palatial estate. Other, even more expensive cars were parked here, and fancy dudes and fancy duds were stepping out. Looked like some kind of cocktail party. I've had showdowns on bridges, seedy offices, caves bathrooms, restaurants, and more than my share of modestly appointed living rooms, but never at a cocktail party for hoity-toities. It was the kind of a place where they take your car and you're supposed to thank them for it. I never know how to deal with situations like that, especially since I don't own a car. But I know one thing, that citizen had been real nice earlier, and I'll be damned if I was going to hand his car off to some weirdo in a red vest. Welcome, sir. May I take your keys? Nah, give me a minute, freak! like there was somebody at the door checking invitations. I needed a plan. Sir? Yeah, just hang on. I couldn't beat this valet up and steal his vest. For one thing, Red looks horrible on me. For another- Sir, please. I must insist. Well, alright, go ahead and insist. I'm almost finished here. Standard protocol, by which I mean a thing I did last time that worked, said that I should find the biggest jerk entering the party and slip him a mickey and enter the party pretending to be him. That was going to be tricky from the front of the valet line with everyone looking right at me. Sir, I'm the head of security for the McGuffin compound. Is there a problem here? Ah, uh, I seem to have forgotten my invitation. Oh, is that all? Come with me, sir. I'll let you right into the party. Really? You're going to buy that? This way, please. Well, there you go. New trick to add to the old repertoire. I wonder if that means I'm getting smarter. May I take your coat, sir? My coat? No, this is my detective's coat. How would anyone know I'm a detective without my... Uh, I mean, I forgot my invitation. Yes, definitely getting smarter. I was on the wrong side of the door at the sort of swanky party that people like me don't get invited to. Or at best, our invitations get lost in the mail. Huh. I can only assume that half the people here were mailmen. Stole people's invitations. 
Half the people here would still be a huge number. This place was packed. But if my Model R fellow is here, I'd have to wade through an awful lot of bodies to get to him. Not an easy task, when you have no idea what he looks like or who he is. But something told me if I was going to find my needle in this haystack, I was going to need the biggest horse in the farm. I made a beeline from two catering tables to the hostess of the event. My word, who is this now? Quite the fashion sense you have there, young man. Your necktie. Is that a trout? It's a sea wrap. Uh, and your hors are exquisite. I'm sorry, I didn't catch your name. That's because I didn't throw it. Bounty, ma'am. Nick Bounty. <laughs> oh my, a kiss on the hand. How delightfully forward of you. It was a French kiss, too. You seem to be devouring those canapes at an alarming rate, Mr. Bounty. Are you sure you're feeling quite all right? Time to charm the old paddle boat. I was going to need her help to find Mr. Model R. So, charm. Deep breath. If you want to know how I'm feeling, why don't you feel me and find out? <laughs> my word! Aren't you delightful? I've been called a lot of things, lady. I should think so. Maybe you should, maybe you shouldn't. I don't know, lady. I'm just a detective. I mean, I detect a very pretty lady. Which lady would that be? You, you old bat! I'm sorry, I must have been confused by how overwhelmingly pretty you are. Okay, charmed enough, whatever. Will you excuse me for a moment, please, honey bunny? Only if it's for a moment. Hurry back now. I don't know how I knew it, but I had a feeling that Terry slash Lana would be here, and I was ready for her. There were a lot of swanky twists, sorry, dames, in the joint, and she just seemed like the type who would- Lana! You again? Baltimore stinks. Oh, what in the- Everyone? Will all the chickens please clear a path to the, the woman I'm accused of murdering? Shockingly, nothing happened. This was that whole tether situation again, only this time there wasn't anybody to punch. Just a whole lot of chickens. That's when I noticed somebody clearing a path to me. Tossing niblets from side to side. What the hell? Why was my public defender here? With a sack of corn. Well, Mr. Bounty, it looks like you found the man who framed you. And he is me. What an awkward way to say that. You could have just said, I'm the man who framed you, or just, I framed you. Or you could have just pointed with one finger at all these chickens and penguin suits, and the other thumb at yourself. And you're my lawyer, no less. Danny, what the hell? Actually, my name is Tad. Now, watch as I snap my fingers and... Terry! Uh, Lana, are you alright? I'm fine. Do we have any... corn? Danny, you set, you set me, me up. up! Jinx, you owe me a Coke. That's right. I knew my sister wouldn't... Sister? Yes, my sister. I knew she wouldn't play along willingly, so I had her hypnotized to be my... corpse. Then I framed you for murder, Mr. Bounty. No wonder you did such a terrible job preparing my defense. Actually, I'm not really even a lawyer. I paid an old frat buddy on the police force to let me escort you back to your office. Ugh, of course you were in a fraternity. Next you'll be telling me I have a fantasy football league. But why would you frame me? Before this morning, I'd never seen you before in my life. You don't even know me. Oh yes, I know you. I know you well. Nicholas Moonbeam Bounty, born October 1st, 1910, to Nick and Nora Bounty of Dayton, Ohio. One of 16 children, attended Yale, joined the Army in 1915, served as a cop, but got thrown off the force for a devil-may-care attitude, went into the P.I. biz in 1931. What? Astounding how much a man can find, only armed with a library card and a lot of time. 
absolutely none of that is true. <laughs> I know. It, it's genius. Wait, what? Not a single thing you just said is accurate. Not my birthday, not my parents, certainly not that middle name. I was never in the army, not a Yaley, never been to Dayton. At no time have I been in the P.I. biz. What are you talking about? It's right on the door of my office. I'm a public M. I, I just thought that was a cute little joke. A, a private eye, public M, uh, disarming people with charm and humor. Hey, neat. Do I do that? Focus. Yeah, no, it's not a joke. It's the closest thing I can legally call myself. I guess that explains why you didn't give me your license when I asked for it. Pretty much. But that's why I went to all this trouble in the first place. First, I was going to have you sent to jail, and then I was going to steal your identity. Wait, wait uh, what? Jinx! Coke cancelled. You can't reverse a jinx. That's not legal. Danny, you're a lawyer. Tell- Oh, you're not a lawyer. Never mind. This has to be the stupidest plan I've ever heard of. Even from you. What? It's brilliant. No, numbskull. If he goes to jail, his identity is ruined. His freedom's gone. He can't even vote. I can vote? So, ignoring the myriad holes in your sinister plot here, you went to these ridiculous, convoluted lengths to... Be a private eye. Haven't you ever seen them in the pictures? Those guys are great. I wanted to carry a gun and peep into people's bedrooms, and and I didn't want to waste a lot of time taking a bunch of tests and crap. Oh, I know. What a hassle. Nick. Well, it's a hassle. On reflection, I guess I didn't think it out very well, huh? If you were going to go bribing all over the place, you could have just bribed yourself a license. But now I'm supposed to be in jail, and you're supposed to be me, therefore you're supposed to be in jail. Ipso facto. I suppose, in theory, you have a point there. But a thought occurs. If I go ahead and kill my dear sister now and stick her body back in the morgue, I can have you carted back to prison and this whole mess will go away. I was in the morgue. Tad, we're at a cocktail party with a hundred witnesses. And with a single phrase, they're all unassuming chickens. The guy may be lousy at planning, but I think he has us there. I've never met an assuming chicken. It's amazing that you never became a real detective. Yeah? Well, you don't even know your brother's real name. Or didn't. I suppose if I can't be a private eye, I can still know the thrill of killing someone in cold blood. Yeah, yeah, we get it. You're gonna shoot us both for no very good reason. I do have one little question before you pull the trigger. Little lawyer Danny. What? Do you know what a shattering Ming vase sounds like? No. What does a shattering Ming vase sound like? Oh. Now? Yes, of course, now! Uh. Mrs. McGuffin told the cops everything. Like a very large songbird singing a really loud song. And now her son... Was it clear that Tad and Lana were her kids? I may have left that part out. Tad's about to become a jailbird. So there they are. A family of birds. Lana, presumably, was also a bird of some kind, but not a chicken. Not anymore. That was the important thing. And as for me, well, I guess I finally got all the excitement and action I wanted. Maybe for the first time, everything's wrapped up nice and neat. We even found Lana's non-existent toy poodle. And I even got the girl, if you can believe it. Well, I have to be at work in four hours, so that means I have to start stuffing these things into a torpedo. So long. Not that girl. Yoo-hoo! I brought us two plates of cheesecake-dipped passion fruits. 
That's the one. Nick Bounty, A Brick Full of Bullets, was written by Ron Algar-Watt with Mark Darren and Jason Ellis. It starred Jason Ellis as Nick Bounty and featured Duncan Bosco, Dave Fields, Kimberly Lajeunesse, Moises Mora, Joseph Ravenson, Jesse Schutz, Amanda Smith, Roman Terenzini, and Jason Wallace. It was directed and produced by Ron Algar-Watt with assistance from Amanda Smith. The music was produced by Kevin McLeod via Incompetech and licensed via Creative Commons. Nick Bounty is the intellectual property of Mark Darren. Visit nickbounty.com for interactive Nick Bounty adventures and more. A Brick Full of Bullets is a co-production of Pinhead Games and Algar Productions, copyright 2013.